2 Timothy 2.15, a very, very familiar uh, passage. The title of the message today is, Please Study, Brethren. You know the word, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Many years ago, I was in a library on Friday. I went to the libraries on Friday and read all the magazines because I couldn't afford to have uh, all of them come to the house. So I went and read them free. As I was uh, doing that, uh, 
this elderly gentleman came in, and he had a booming voice. I mean, really, really loud. He came in, and uh, he said to, to the librarian, where is that poem that goes sunset and evening star and one clear call for me? And I heard the librarian say, well, I know those words, but I'm not really sure of what the title is. Well, I had used that many times in funeral services. It's from Crossing the Bar. And this guy was making such a ruckus, everybody in the place uh, had to listen to him because his voice was so loud, so strong. So I thought, well, I'm going to help. So I yelled across the room and I said, crossing the bar. Well, he looked at me and kind of nodded and smiled as if to say, thank you. And uh, he appreciated it. So then he got the librarian and they went over to the uh, section where it had big books with poems in them. And, of course, the first thing they needed to know was the author. And uh, they didn't know the author. So uh, they, he was talking real loud, you know, and saying, who's the author? And uh, everybody in the library, I mean, you couldn't even think. This guy was so loud. Well, after a while, they found it. Uh, they found it, and uh, he was real happy. And so he got the book and got the poem, and he sat down, and he started reading it, and I thought, well, good. So I went back to reading my magazine. Well, about a half an hour passed, and I was reading away, and he came up kind of from behind me, and I didn't know he was there. And he leaned over, and in that real loud voice, he said, Tennyson, Alfred Tennyson wrote it. <laughs> I didn't know what to say, so I said, well, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, he walked out the front door. Well, I thought um, about that incident. There's got to be something uh, for a sermon here. <laughs> I realize that if you're going to get blessings out of a certain discipline, if you're going to really uh, master a particular uh, area, you've got to give yourself to the study of that discipline, whether it would be poetry or music or playing the saxophone or driving a race car. doesn't matter what it is. If you're going to be really good at it, you're going to have to read up on it and study it. Study is, is very important. Whatever you do, you've got to learn the names and the places and the methodology and the dates and you got to sort of find out about it. You've got to learn about that field of endeavor. We that gather here today are Christians. We're Christians. That's why we're here. We gather together in the name of the Lord. We are involved in a discipline together, that of mastering the truth of the Scripture, of the Word of God. We want to not only know it, but we want to know the implications of it, what it means to us in our daily walk, how we need to help uh, form public policy by an informed uh, vote. We, we are not to be like the Pharisees who memorized the first five books of the Old Testament, and then all they were was judgmental. You know, they were very, very judgmental. They knew the law. They had memorized the law. 
and they wanted everybody to live up to the law. And so what they did basically was go around and tell everybody that they were falling short all the time. Uh, And they would say it very arrogantly as if to say, we're following the law, but you're not. Well, uh, we are to know the Bible. Uh, We're to have a loving attitude that is taught in the Bible. We are not to be judgmental like the Pharisees. We are to know about forgiveness and sharing and building strong Christian families. We get that out of studying the Word of God. Point number one, we are to know what the Bible says about a lot of subjects. The teacher in the Sunday school class in New York City uh, asked the kids in her class, she said, who was it that defeated the Philistines? Nobody raised their hand. Nobody said anything. So she thought, well, now I know somebody in here knows this. We've been talking about it. So she started going around one by one and asking the kids, who was it that defeated the Philistines? And nobody seemed to know, much to her chagrin. So finally she got to Johnny and she said, Johnny, who was it that defeated the Philistines? And he looked at her and he said, Teacher, if they don't play the Yankees, I don't keep track of them. (laughs) Now the Bible says that we should keep track of the Word of God, that we should study it, that we are to know the book, basically. The scripture says, study to show thyself approved unto God. We need to be competent workmen as we deal with the scripture. All of us ought to know the books of the Bible and the the general messages of the Bible, the general divisions of the scripture, the law and the major prophets and the minor prophets and the epistles and uh, all of those kind of things. We need to know that. We ought to know the book. Study is an unpopular word. Study to show thyselves approved unto God. We don't don't want to study. You know, when we finish school, we say, well, that's it. You know, I'm putting those books uh, down. I'm going to read the National Enquirer, but that's just for fun. That's not for study. They might watch uh, Ellen DeGenerate on uh, TV or Jerry Springer. Uh, We are to study the Word of God. We're supposed to master that. If we know the book, then we are workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. People should be ashamed if they don't know how to train their children into becoming uh, Christian adults. People should be ashamed if they're not establishing godly values in their home. Let me ask you, have you been tested and purified and found fit for service in using the Word of God? We should have been. We've been around a pretty good uh, while. Uh, We've had a lot of opportunities. I bet everybody in this room, at some point or another, has taught a Sunday school class or led a mission group of some kind or you have worked with the children and tried to get across to them uh, some lesson for that particular day, 
or you have been involved in some kind of, of teaching of Scripture somewhere in your life. Well, our, our church tries to help people uh, study, help people to be approved unto God. Uh, we have five uh, Bible studies uh, that meet at 9 o'clock, and they're good. Everybody tells me they're good. We have one that meets at uh, this hour. It's down at the far end of the fellowship hall, and Dr. Long teaches that, and everybody says that's a good class. Uh, we have special interest uh, classes. We just finished one on Israel uh, that I thought was real good that a lot of people uh, took part in. We have uh, studies uh, in the home. We have uh, groups that meet in homes. We can help you grow in the Word of God if you want to. Our educational ministry has books and guides for almost any topic that you want to study. Right across the hall over here is our library. There's a lot of great reference books in there. If you wonder what a particular verse means, you can go in there and get one of the commentaries and find your passage, and it, right under that it'll have what it means. It's just as simple as that. Certainly the opportunities for knowing the word of God are being provided. In ancient Greece, the stonemasons knew their job well. They were right on top of it. They had one job during their life. They did the same thing from the time they were a young person till they died. They would cut and mold rocks that would fit an exact size that was needed in the structure. If after a rock had been cut and tested, it was found to have some kind of flaw in it, the stonemason would write a big A on it, and he would throw it over there in the trash pile so that nobody uh, would try and use that rock again. That meant tested and found wanting. Don't use that rock. Paul was writing to Timothy in our text today, and of course he's writing to us in this very hour. And he's saying that we need to be tested and purified in our knowledge of the Scripture so that we might be a fit instrument for the work of Christ in our day. And if we are that kind of a workman, then we have no reason to be ashamed of anything that we're about. I love the quote by Karl Barth as he said, I love to hear the church bells ring, for I know then that the word of God is going to be opened. Sometimes we neglect the word of God. Sometimes we treat it casually. Sometimes we seek comfort in the word, and we ignore the challenges that are there for each one of us. Sometimes we try to make the word say, what we want to hear, rather than being receptive to what God would want to say to us through that particular passage. Sometimes we deceive ourselves into imagining that hearing the word of God is the equivalent to obeying the word of God. Point number three, number two, the scripture says that we should be able to rightly divide the word of truth. Now that, of course, is sometimes very difficult. Uh, this is not saying that everybody has to be a Bible scholar. 
You know, we know that uh, people have professions and they have to give the majority of their thought life and their energies to uh, that profession, but we all have time uh, to daily look at the scripture and to memorize something or understand something anew and afresh that would be a, a blessing to our, our life. We can divide up some passages so that some would be appropriate. I'm sure you've seen these lists where it says, if this is the situation, like if you're discouraged, read these verses, or if you are unhappy, read these verses, or if you are in debt, read these verses, or if you are hurting in the hospital, read these verses. You know, we can, we can find those kind of lists, and, and then if we tape that in our Bible or we uh, take it with us in our coat pocket or something, when we're visiting with folk and they say, you know, I'm, I'm having a terrible time, I'm having a hard time. You know, is there anything in the Bible that would help me? And then, you, you know, you have it right there. You can share that with them. Some biblical scholars have said that our text today, uh, these very verses, uh, is a metaphor that is inspired by the farmer who cuts a straight furrow in the field or a tailor who cuts a particular fabric to the pattern that he's given. When we're dealing with scripture, we should not do sloppy work or inexact work. If we really don't understand something, we need to go to the library and get a, get a commentary and sit down and master it. Our teachers all do that. Uh, they have help material that they're given, uh, teacher books that they're given, and they study and they get ready. Well, we have that kind of thing available for everybody. Uh, we want to divide the word rightly. We want to help all kinds of different people. One of the things I love about our church is that we have people here from all kinds of different backgrounds. And that's really what makes a family unique and strong, that we can pull together as the people of God, the family of God, and we can really love each other. We can get into a Sunday school class, into a Bible study group. We can get to know each other so that we can pray for each other and so that they can pray for us when we need it. We should present the Bible in a straightforward manner. We don't want to be beating around the bush. We want to go right to the heart of whatever the passage is trying to say. So the man who rightly divides the word of truth, the man who rightly handles the Holy Scripture, the man, the woman who drives a straight road along the path of truth, and refuses to be lured down a pleasant but incorrect bypath. That's the man, that's the woman that is blessed of God, that is praised by God. The individual who knows the scripture takes each section of it, each part of the truth, and fits it into the correct position in the other person's life or in their own life and uses it to help bring strength and healing and strength uh, as we confront a secularistic society. We don't want to allow one part to usurp 
an un, or have an undue place of emphasis uh, as we present something. So we need to study so that we won't do that. That would knock the whole structure of truth out of balance. We can't give undue precedence to, to some obscure verse in the Old Testament. We've got to kind of know the landscape so we can take maybe a part of this and a part of this to meet the challenge, to meet the question that we have been given. Point three, the reason the Bible is so important is because it tells us about the man Jesus, about our Savior, about the Messiah, about the Rose of Sharon. It tells us about him. And that's what we need to know. More than anything else, we need to know about him. And the Bible is the authoritative word, more so than any other book in the world. The scripture can tell us, teach us about Jesus. We have his whole life story, his birth, his young life, his baptism, his teaching, his preaching, his trials, his death, his burial, his resurrection. We have all of that. We have all of that laid out in many chapters in the word of God. And as we learn it, as we know it, as we appropriate it, to our hearts and our lives, then certainly we are blessed because of it. A major part of the scripture talks about a cross, a cross. A missionary had been serving in Mexico for many years. While he was there, of course, learning the culture, uh, learning what uh, the folks there do, how to reach them, how to minister to them, uh, every Two or three years, he would have a furlough and come back to the States. And he would set up, while he was back in America, uh, times at different colleges. And he would go and present uh, uh, seminars, if people wanted that, or speeches, if that's what they wanted, uh, to the college students about uh, ministry in Mexico. And he would... uh, talk about the religious feasts, the religious festivals in Mexico and what it was like to live there and what the people were like. He also would tell about in the marketplace of the cities there would be peddlers that would be selling crucifixes and crosses and they would call out at the top of their voice, cheap cross, cheap cross, would you like to buy a cheap cross? And then, as the missionary would kind of wind up his speech to the students, he would say, "Uh, is your cross a cheap cross? Is it just a religious trinket that you picked up somewhere? You know, I hate to see these movie stars that come out and they have a cross hanging around their neck. And then the next day, you read of all the ungodly things that they have uh, been involved in. And it's, uh, it's just nauseating, really. Well, it wasn't a, a cheap cross. It was a cross that Jesus died on, that he gave his life on. It's an important cross. It's a significant cross. It's a cross that symbolically has spoken to the ages and says that there was one that died for your sins at Calvary and that you, through believing and trusting in him, can find eternal life. And that's the only way that you can do it. 
Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. We need to commit ourselves to ministry as Paul did. He gave his life. Even though there will be sometimes social and maybe even physical scars that will come because of our service. The word of God says, do it for him. Do it for him. This past week, there were 21 Coptic Christians that were led out to the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. Did you see that on TV? They were all dressed in these orange jumpsuits and and the uh, slaughter people standing behind them were dressed in black. And as they lined up there, they knew that they were going to be beheaded. And one of the men in, in the line called out, the name of Jesus, just before they cut off his head. Well, you know, I, I see that kind of thing happen. And I watch TV, and, and I don't know if you're keeping up with all this. Sometimes if something's on week after week, you get tired of it and you quit watching. I want to tell you this morning that country after country after country is falling to ISIS. People that want everybody in this room dead. And if they were here and they could do it and get away with it, they'd cut your head off right now. I had a number of folks in our church call me this week and tell me about something Bill O'Reilly said on his program, that every Christian pastor in America today should challenge the church members to write a letter to Washington to write to your congressman, your senator, your, the president, the congress, whoever you want to, but write a letter and say in there that it's time that we stood up to evil. It's time that we stood up to these that are literally taking over the world. It's, it is. You know, we... We just kind of sit back and say, well, gosh, I feel sorry for those people over there. They're coming here. They're coming here. There's probably a bunch of them already in New York. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's the way this works. Uh, we need, as best we can, to study how it is that we can deal with this situation. You know, in the, in the Word of God, there is some judgment. You know, it's not all love your brother. There are points and places in there where God Almighty took some lives of people that were agnostic, atheistic, that were against the people of God. And God told the leaders of that day to to wipe them out. We need, I think, uh, to go over and to wipe some of these folks out. I'm tired of leading from behind. I want to lead from the front. And we need to do it. We need to do it. In 1980, the Boston Marathon hosted thousands of runners. A lot of folks uh, came. Each was seeking the first place prize, of course. When Rosie Ruiz crossed the finish line in record time, everybody clapped and cheered, and they thought, well, good night. Uh, This lady has done this in a remarkable time. And they were so happy, and they gave her the crown for the women's division. Closer scrutiny, however, uh, made it uh, known that she didn't pass certain checkpoints. 
And as her picture was on TV uh, for the next couple days, there were a lot of people who said, I saw that woman on the bus during the race. She was on the bus. The truth came out that Rosie Ruiz uh, took the crosstown bus and got out and sprayed water all over herself and then ran across the finish line. She, of course, was stripped of the prize and was disqualified. She didn't finish the race because she didn't run the race. She wasn't in the race. Now, many people at the end of their lives are going to try and sneak into heaven. They're going to say, hey, hey, it's, it's about time, you know, and they're going to want to sneak in. Well, they're going to find that our Lord knows all, sees all. And if we somewhere along the line haven't trusted and believed in Christ as our Lord and Savior, if somewhere along the line we haven't served Him, we haven't taken His book and read it and studied it and learned some things from it, then guess what? Uh, we're not going to uh, get in. You know, I, I hate to talk about that. We want everybody to be in. But unless we do our part in ministry, it isn't going to happen. Maybe today in our worship service, maybe there's one or two or, or three or four Amen. that have never trusted in Christ as their Lord and Savior. I hope that you won't let another day pass without trusting and believing in him. It's very easy. You just confess your sins. Say, Lord, forgive me of the sins that I have committed. And I want to place my faith and my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to do it right now. That's what it takes to be saved. If you mean that in your heart, the wonderful miracle of salvation comes into your life. If you're here today, you can do that. If you've never taken a public stand for Jesus, if you're here, you've been visiting with us, and, and maybe you would want to come and join with us and serve with us, the doors of the church are open. We hope and pray that you would come. I'll be standing down here at the front. If the Lord leads, you just come on. Come on. Join with us. Serve with us. Uh, that would be a wonderful thing. Let's stand together as we sing.